It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Bengals have nobody back deep. They are crowding the line of scrimmage. Roethlisberger catches the shotgun snap. Quick throw over the middle. Caught by Antonio Brown. Sprinting down the middle of the field. He's into the end zone for a Steelers touchdown with 10 seconds left. And Ben Roethlisberger went right to an audible. Nobody in the middle of the football field. They decide, I'm going to motion Antonio Brown and bring him inside. He runs a little underneath route. And that could have been, man, I'll tell you what. Justin Hunter, Justin Hunter started blocking Uh, before the ball was in the air for Antonio Brown. I mean, he was clearing it out. I guess the officials figured that Justin Hunter was trying to work down the football field. He had somebody in contact with him, and Justin Hunter blocked him backwards. And Antonio Brown splits the middle of the defense for the Cincinnati Bengals. Off and running he goes. That is how it sounded. I'm James Erpine, and welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. That's Dan Hoare, Dave Lapham on ESPN 1530, and the Bengals Radio Network. It's great to be with you recording from the very spot where Dave Lapham was sitting during this contest here at Paul Brown Stadium. Same teams, same results, and uh, a lot of Bengals fans disheartened right now, and I totally understand why. Steelers win 28-21. They got the two-point conversion. Ten seconds to go. Antonio Brown and the Steelers escape with the victory, and I have a lot of thoughts on this. I do. I already have some stuff up at LockedOnBengals.com. I will discuss some of that. Uh, I will have more written word up at LockedOnBengals.com. But just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the only daily Bengals podcast out there on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow along on Twitter at James Erpine and at LockedOnBengals. It's interesting. I'm looking here. And looking at an empty Paul Brown Stadium, and I look up, and it's uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw it before the game. There's a sign up there, and it's still there. It says, make them respect us. And a fan brought it in and posted it, and heck, I might take another picture and post it. And it's just, it's crazy, because it's a new year. It felt like a new team. Same result. The Bengals, they... It was up and back. I mean, the Bengals took a seven nothing lead. Pittsburgh answered seven seven, then took a fourteen to nothing or fourteen to seven lead. Bengals answer that, which I was very shocked to see that they didn't just get three; they got seven before halftime. It's fourteen fourteen at the half, and honestly, I, I didn't know which way to go. Uh, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I picked the Steelers twenty four twenty in this game, but the Bengals answering before halftime, getting the ball back in the third quarter, I thought they were in a very, very good spot to seize some momentum to take advantage of it to have a big third quarter which at times this year they've struggled in they've struggled in the third quarter they've been a fourth quarter team in a first quarter team so I thought that that was a, a good sign going into the third quarter and I thought that this that's where this game was lost you you lost the game in the third quarter the offense had four total yards 
They punted twice. The Bengals' defense was on the field the entire game, and the defense is getting torched right now among fans, and I get it to a certain extent. You have a one-point lead. You have to hold for 90 seconds, under 90 seconds or so. You expect to get that victory. At the same time, I think this game was lost in the third quarter. We're not talking about not scoring points in the third quarter. The Bengals' offense didn't get a first down. The Bengals' offense didn't get 10 yards or 8 yards or 5 yards. Four total yards in a game like this. And I looked at the numbers, and there was a moment when – and I thought going into this game it was going to be a big Joe Mixon week. You don't have John Ross. You don't have Tyler Croft. Obviously, it's your second game without Tyler Eifert. It is the AFC North. It's chilly. It was dreary and raining at times during the game, so it just feels like, all right, it's AFC North football. Button up your chin strap. You're going to run the ball a bunch. And so to my delight and to, I think, most Bengals fans' delight, when Joe Mixon got off to a great start, had a 17-yard run with 12 minutes and 30 seconds to go in the second quarter, that gave him five carries for 40 yards. He had started to get things going, and I thought, okay, they're going to get Joe involved here. They're going to lean on Joe, and they're going to get the momentum, keep it, keep that defense off the field, keep a future Hall of Famer in Ben Roethlisberger, who's throwing to a future Hall of Famer in Antonio Brown, who's handing it off to James Conner, who played very well today, keep that offense off the field. And instead, Joe Mixon didn't get another carry in the first half. Instead, Joe Mixon, from that point, 12 minutes and 30 seconds to go in the second quarter, only had two carries from that moment until the start of the fourth quarter. Think about that for a second. In an AFC North game, when Joe Mixon is supposed to be arguably, I don't even think it's arguable, your second best offensive player. He's averaging five yard, or eight yards a carry, excuse me, going into halftime, or with 1230 to go in the quarter. He doesn't get a touch going into halftime. And then he only gets two carries in the third quarter. One goes for four yards, one goes for minus two, and that's it. That's it. Now, you're going to hear highlights, and you're going to hear Joe scored the potential game winning. It was the go-ahead touchdown to put the Bengals up after a Randy Bullock extra point, 21-20. But my God, I've been very, very – I've praised Bill Lazor. I'll say that. I've praised offensive coordinator Bill Lazor for his play calling throughout this season. I cannot praise him here today. There is zero chance. I have no idea what the hell he was thinking. And, yeah, I talked to a couple people, and they said, well, maybe Joe Mixon got dinged up. Okay, well, what about the third quarter? Because he looked fine then. Health-wise, he was out there. He's just not getting the ball. And I I don't understand. Sometimes I think NFL coaches, they overthink it. Joe Mixon had just as good of a day as James Conner. But no one would realize it when you look at the numbers. Oh, James Conner, 111 yards. It's because he had 19 carries. They had the same average per carry, 5.8. 5.8, and I just, this is the game, no Ross, again, no Croft, you can't really stretch the field a ton, it's going to be a black and blue type of game where a lot of guys go down on defense, you want to slow the game down, the last thing you want to do is go unbalanced, is make Andy Dalton go win the game against a Steelers pass rush that was getting to him, sacked him three times, and Andy Dalton threw it 42. Threw it 42 times today. And he was fine. 26 of 42, 229, and two touchdowns. He was fine. But Joe Mixon should have gotten more touches. 
and I think that game was lost in the third quarter. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. We have a ton coming up. Uh, we'll get to some of your tweets at James Erpine. Uh, maybe a voicemail as well as we roll on. Um, might have to hold the voicemails until tomorrow because there's a lot of players I want to get to. You're going to hear from Andy Dalton. You're going to hear from Marvin Lewis. You're going to hear from AJ Green and more as we roll on. But first, I got to give you a, a quick shout out to my bookie because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And my bookie is the place for you. Check out my bookie online today. I'd only recommend something that's been good to me. I use my bookie and you should too. I'm urging your way. I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game betting, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're a fantasy footballer, well, you can predict and bet on how many fantasy points players are going to score. And it's awesome. I love doing that as well. Join my bookie right now, and they're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Enter promo code Locked On Twenty Five to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On Twenty Five when creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, you play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. It's promo code Locked On Twenty Five. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie, and when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd go out to the left. Alex Erickson out to the right. Mixon in the backfield to the right of Andy Dalton. 
Second down and three at the Steelers' four. The Bengals down by six. Dalton hands it off to Mixon. Yeah. Charges into the end zone. Touchdown! Bengals! Oh, Cincinnati has tied the game with 118 left, and the Bengals can take the lead when Randy Bullock lines up for the extra point. I'll tell you, that was a good surge up front. Nice double team. I mean, the Bengals right side of the offensive line, Redmond and Hart. I mean, they knocked Pittsburgh backwards. They knocked the defensive lineman right into the uh, linebacker's lap. That was big time. Joe Mixon uh, is just given uh, his second rushing touchdown of the season, and that was a big one. Dave Lapham, Dan Horde on the call there. That was the go-ahead score on the Bengals radio network. Joe Mixon, one of his 11 touches. I think it should have been more like 27 touches. Uh, or 11 carries, excuse me. I just thought he should have had more carries. I do. And that is the the number one thing I will harp on and, and I think should have changed in this ball game, especially when you're talking about a defense that was on the field a ton. Steelers won the time of possession uh, 34 minutes and 56 seconds uh, to the Bengals, just 25 and change. So they had the edge there. They were clearly um, – the Bengals' defense was clearly banged up. I thought that that's how they could control the clock and kind of control the game it did not happen. For more on that, let's talk with A.J. Green. He talked with reporters after the game. I asked him a question or two. Dave Lapham asked the majority of them, as did Jeremy Rao of Fox 19. You'll hear Jeremy first, and Jeremy asked about the team's confidence after a loss like this to Pittsburgh. You still, how much confidence do you still have in this team? Obviously, you guys oh. played well for a lot of the game in a lot yeah, of ways. We, are, we have no doubt. We have no doubt what we can do. Um, Scott, we let one slip away from us. That's all it is. There's so much made of this matchup in the media and amongst fans. Do you think it's almost a little overhyped compared to, not that it's not a big game or anything, but uh, maybe a little overhyped outside? We let, we let them do the you know, overhyping, man. We just out here trying to work every day. Um, you know, we just try to you know, win. That's all we're trying to do out there. We don't look at it as a no different game. It's week, it's week what, six, and we still... We got a long way to go. We got another big one in Kansas City on uh, Sunday Night Football, so we'll be ready. AJ, you ever played corner? I mean, there were so many injuries. It was unbelievable. I mean, defensively, guys were just, it was one of those games where it just it just got to be a contagious thing. I mean, everybody, I know defensively you had a lot more players active than offensively. Needed every one of them. It was just one of those days injury-wise. Yeah, it was tough. Um, I didn't notice, you know, all the guys were down until, like, the, you know, last one minute of the game when I didn't see all the starters out there. So it was tough, but we all know injuries happen. So it's just, it's just the next man up. You know, I, it, it, at the end of the game, you want to score. That's first and foremost. You want to take a lead, but you want to try to milk as much clock as you can, not give Ben an opportunity. Do you think in hindsight is anything that could have been done a little bit more to milk it? Oh, we, uh, like I said, we wasn't doing anything special. They were just giving us that. We were just taking them. You cannot take the plays that's given. Um, um, just to not try to, you know, score so you don't know if you're going to get that look again. So um, we were just, it was nothing special. We were just out there running running our regular offense and hitting a big play. So, What does it say about the team to, to go on the touchdown drive that you went on to take the lead? Uh, just, you know, we don't flinch. This, this team right here, man, we, uh, this is a high character team and that that we don't get we don't get rattled uh, we knew we had to we had to do and we went down and did it um just happened they had the ball last so. they had the ball last yeah they, he's he's not wrong about that I just I wish the Bengals would have uh, the offense would have gotten going more in that third quarter 
that's the difference to me. That's the difference in this ball game. Now, defensively, they suffered a bunch of injuries. A Nick Vigil, a left knee. He was on crutches after the game. Knee stabilized. Didn't look good there. Uh, Sean Williams was out with a concussion. Jesse Bates missed time. Vontez Perfect missed time. Darquez Denard on a... Honestly, it was a great catch by Juju Smith-Schuster. It looked like he might have separated his shoulder, suffered a right shoulder injury. He missed the, the, the rest of the game. I mean, you had three key defenders, key, three key players, not only missed time, but they were knocked out for the game. Perfect missed some time uh, with the shoulder injury that he ended up returning on, but still. Uh, so this defense certainly banged up now. Uh, an offense that was banged up, and they had to turn. Think about this. I mean, Cody Core was playing significant snaps. When's the last time we saw that? John Ross being out really hurts this offense, despite what some people say. Oh, you love John Ross. It's true. Tyler Croft out. That meant C.J. Uzama had to step up. You're going to hear from C.J. in just a second. But this defense was just ravaged by injuries. So you really would have liked, and it's much easier said than done, but when the Bengals were marching downfield, they get the ball with 3.32 to go. They score with 119 to go. You wish that would have been – you almost wish Joe would have gotten stopped at the one. And the Steelers would have had to at least burn a timeout or two. And things would have maybe changed a little bit there. Maybe a little more clock would have ran off. But the Bengals just marched right downfield for the first time all half. They score, and they give Big Ben and the Steelers too much time. Someone that certainly had something to say uh, about that final drive, had a couple catches on that final drive, is C.J. Uzama. He played – well, uh, CJ's Mr. Consistent, man. He had six receptions for 54 yards, a long of 13, was seven, was targeted seven times, caught six of them, had a couple really good contested catches that he was able to haul in. And uh, he talked with reporters, including myself, after the game in the Bengals locker room. What's it like for you to have such a prominent role after just trying to get on the field in years past, and now you're down two tight ends and you had a big game today? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to be incorporated in the game plan, obviously. Um, you know, I'd, whatever I can do to, to help the team has, has been what I've been saying since I came here as a as a rookie. So um, whether it was on special teams or now, you know, having a bigger role on the offensive side of the ball. But um, you know, you know, being being incorporated is one thing, but it's still you know, I, I I haven't really thought about it too much just because you know I'm taking the loss pretty hard. So um, yeah. After Joe scored that game-winning touchdown or what, what the go-ahead touchdown, I mean. How quick did you look up at the clock and see how much time was it? Um, I didn't really look at the clock at all. If we're being honest, I, I knew I knew um, we had just come out of the four minute or the two minute warning, and I knew that it would be you know close to a minute thirty or something. And um, you know, would you want to run more time off? Maybe, but we wanted to score is, is what it was, and we wanted to put the uh, put the ball in our defensive court, and um, yeah, and that's what we did. How confident were you? You get the ball back, 3.32 to go, touchdown. It's the go-ahead score. Confident is, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, that's that's what we've been doing. Uh, in the fourth quarter, we've been finding a way to make plays, and that's what we did today. And, um, you know, going down that stretch and getting in that no-huddle situation and moving the ball down the field and people stepping up and making plays when they needed to, when the number was called, and Andy just delivering strikes. Um, I mean, he played a heck of a game and um, put us in a, gr- a great position to win the game. You guys had done next to nothing in the second half before that drive. What, what changed on that drive? It was just, I think it was, we just go in and um, there's just a certain, I don't know, it's, it's, there's a certain just feel in the huddle. You know, when he's looking at us and we're looking at one another, we're, we're like, all right, look, we got to, this is on us. We got to step it up. We, like you said, we haven't had 
too much going for us on offense and we're like all right well this is this we're, they're putting it on our shoulders so we have to capitalize on this and we have to drive down the field and we have to score and that's point blank I know you haven't been around an extremely long time but does it feel like at some point are we ever going to beat this team no I mean that doesn't feel like that's me it feels like we should have won today it feels like we're going to win the next time we play them and that's just that. A lot of the guys we talked to said that we're still better than the Steelers. Do you feel that way? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we shot ourselves, again, I, we shoot ourselves in the foot. and We're shooting ourselves in the foot on offense where um, whether it's assignment based today or whether it's penalties in the past, and you know, we, we got to correct that. That's, that's all on us. It's not something that they're doing that's mind-boggling or, uh, you know, taking us back, and we just, we just got to get that corrected. It seems like, I mean, you guys made – so many plays in huge spots. It's not like, so, I mean, maybe some of the times you guys have played the Steelers in the past where it's just all falling apart, but it seemed like you guys really rose up in, despite a couple of plays. Is that kind of how you view it? That it felt, even even in a loss, maybe it felt a little bit different like you guys. Well, I mean, yeah, we were making plays, but some, certain certain drives we were putting ourselves in, you know, unfortunate positions. I, I don't know what our third down percentage was, but I know there were a few third downs when it was third and 13, third and 15, and, you know, we're not helping ourselves in that. In that, you know, so we need to be we need to do better on first and second down so that we can convert on third downs and we can put ourselves in third and manageable and pick up the first down. That's CJ Uzama in the Bengals locker room, and uh, I can't help but feel good for CJ. He's playing well. Uh, it's a contract year. The Bengals are beaten up at tight end, by the way, and to have someone, I mean, it's a blessing. How many teams in the league could have two tight ends go down? One in Tyler Eifert, a Pro Bowler. Two Tyler Croft, seven touchdowns last season and still have uh, the stability in a capable tight end like C.J. Uzama around. Uh, someone who's reliable, someone who can block well, someone who certainly has good hands. Again, had six receptions today on seven targets. So that is one of the bright spots from today. I mean, overall, the Bengals, they were right there. They were right there. Uh, and they just, it, it seems like every single time it happens to be against Pittsburgh. If they were right there like this and it was against Baltimore, I don't think it would be as painful. Still be a division loss. It would still be just as painful from a, a standing standpoint. But from a fan standpoint, I think the, the biggest reason it hurts so much is because it was Pittsburgh. Up next, you're going to hear from an emotional Dre Kirkpatrick who was, uh, was certainly upset in the Bengals locker room, upset that the Bengals lost. You'll hear from him. I'll talk about the defense that I think a lot of people are, uh, are upset with and, and are disappointed in. And we'll talk about Terrell Austin as well. But first, I got to tell you about the first ever Wiedemann's Fall Fest. You've heard me talk about Wiedemann's Fine Beer and Wiedemann's Brewery in downtown St. Bernard. But this weekend, it's the first annual Fall Fest from October 19th through the 21st. It's awesome. It's going to start at 4 p.m. on Friday, last till 11. Then 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. on Saturday. And noon to 8 on Sunday. They're going to have a ton of different things from bands, the Jim's Bur Jim Burns Band on, on Friday. They're going to have live music all weekend long. They're going to have guest taps with other beers. So you can get Wiedemann's Awesome Beer. You can also try beers from Brink Brewing, Fretboard Brewing, Listerman Brewing, Municipal Brew Works, and Wooden Cast Brewing. Again, check them out. It's Wiedemann's Fall Fest this Friday through Sunday. I'll be there. I'll let you know what day later in the week, but certainly I'm going to make my way there. They're going to have awesome food, food vendors, awesome beer, and so much more. Wiedemann's Fall Fest. For more, go to Wiedemann's Fine Beer. Again, Wiedemann'sFineBeer.com. That's W-I-E-D-E-M-A-N-N-S, FineBeer.com.
support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win, and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. I'm James Erpine. Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. It's great to be with you recording from the Bengals radio booth here at Paul Brown Stadium. We still got plenty to get to, including the head coach, Marvin Lewis. Drake Kirkpatrick talked after uh, talked with reporters after the game. In one call, it was a really big call. It was third down. It was incomplete on the far side towards the Steelers bench. And uh, it was a big call. It was holding on Dre Kirkpatrick. And it gave them five yards, automatic first down. And Dre was upset with that call. He talked about the end of the game and more. Here's uh, number 27. And by the way, if you have little ones around, I don't. it's a podcast. I don't need to censor it or anything. But uh, he wasn't too happy. Uses a few choice words. Um, he's not super loud with it, so it's not like he's screaming in the locker room or anything like that, but just a heads up. So here's Dre Kirkpatrick, a very frustrated uh, and upset and, and emotional Dre Kirkpatrick after a, a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's Dre in the Bengals locker room. Dre, can you just kind of describe the emotions, the frustration level right now? No, I can't. Uh, how difficult <laughs> is it to lose a game like that when you guys obviously fought so hard all game long to stop that from happening? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Um... I can imagine how we feel, imagine how the fans feel. What did you think of the defensive bowling call on that last drive? Trash. I don't even care they find me with trash. Trash call. Shanine. Come on, man. Critical situation, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta be right on with that, but sounded like Vontez said coming off the field that there was some confusion or at least um, concern over maybe the play call that allowed them to score? Did, was that something you guys usually don't run, that you don't run a lot there at the end? Um, you got to ask him. You know, I got the call. I played the call, so you got to ask him. You've played this team so many times, Dre. Uh, is it one of those things where it just stings that much more when you lose to the Steelers? 
Yeah, cause I know we better than them. They ain't better than us. Period. They ain't better than us. We better than them, but they won, so they they my hats off to them. You know, I'm gonna be a team player about the thing. Um they beat us, man. They went out there and they fought, they got the win, we got the loss, so but they ain't better than us. Is there a common theme in these losses to the Steelers? The reason why they keep happening? Say it again. Is there a reason why these losses to the Steelers keep happening if you feel like you are better than they are? I don't know what it is. I gotta watch them. You know, shit. I gave up. I, I don't know. I mean, I may have had two penalties today. So, at the end of the day, it's on whatever happened. I gotta put myself in that shit. So, you know, I'm gonna be a part of it. It's Dre Kirkpatrick in the Bengals locker room, upset. And rightfully so. I think Dre, the, the he wears emo his emotions on his sleeve. Fans love it, especially on the field. And look, this Steelers team continues to find a way. Let's be honest here. If it was flipped, if the Bengals won that way, and there was – and by the way, I know the, the final play, the pick play, the Antonio Brown play – a lot of people are talking about that. There's a good breakdown of that play at LockedOnBengals.com from former Bengal Art, uh, Andrew Hawkins. Excuse me, I almost said Artrell. Used to work with Artrell. But uh, Andrew Hawkins, good breakdown there. He's been on this podcast a couple of times. And uh, he tweeted it to me, and I, I wanted fans to get that insight because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, the official should have called it. Well, there's a good breakdown there from a, a former NFL player who certainly knows more about X's and O's than any of us. But, uh, yeah, I just – it's always one thing or another, but if it was flipped, if this result was flipped, we'd say the Bengals just find a way. The Cardiac Cats. I'll be honest. When they scored with 119 to go and they marched downfield, it felt like 2009 when the Bengals kind of did that against the Steelers both times where they win and it goes down to the wire. They go there and win. I think they won 18 to 13 or some weird score like that. I'd have to go back and look. Carson Palmer finds, uh, oh, I forget. I think it was Andre Caldwell in the end zone. That's how it felt. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way today. Uh, the Bengals are 4-2. and two. I will talk more this week about the outlook and what it means and all that stuff moving forward. I know a lot of you want to talk about that, and we'll get to your voicemails as well at 513-666-0328. That's the Locked on Bengals hotline. I've gotten a couple already. We'll have more time later in the week to do them. I want to make sure I bring you all the audio and some of the audio that you might not have heard on the Bengals postgame show. Dave Lapham caught up with head coach Marvin Lewis. Here's Lapp's interview with Marv. Coach, a heartbreaker, obviously. 28-21 final uh, football team showed uh, the, the responding to adversity again, coming from behind in the fourth quarter to take a 21-20 lead. You got to look at that as a positive. Well, <laughs> Dave, uh, you know, we, the offense did a great job driving the football down the field, and we got to figure out a way to, to stop them. They scored 10 points their last two drives and ends up being the difference in the football game. Defensively, uh, people were going down left and right. I mean, you you were running out of players. I know you had uh, you, you had more defensive players up for the football game than offensive players with the activations, and it was a good thing because you ended up needing so many of them. Well, we got some guys banged up. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, you know, but you got to you know uh, step in and step up and, and and get in the right spots and make plays. Special teams, Alex Erickson had a couple of huge kickoff returns that put you guys in pretty good shape, uh, that, that made a big difference during the course of the football game. Seemed like special teams rebounded today a little bit. Well, we did a nice job in the kickoff return game. I thought Kevin did a nice job in the punting game. Uh, this is a team that was giving you kicks to return, and we took advantage of it. 
when you when you look at it, no turnovers by either team in the football game. It just ends up being who ends up making the most plays, and unfortunately they end up making more plays, I guess, when it counted. Well, we did. We had some drop balls in the first half of the game, and they played a big difference. And uh, but we gotta we gotta keep playing. You gotta eliminate penalties on offense. We set ourselves back a couple times. We overcame some. We just gotta understand. But with uh, everybody, you know, it's no excuse. You gotta you gotta win. This is tough football games, and and uh, you want to be a championship team, you gotta win close football games. And and this one we let get away. And this this one was a very physical football game. It was an AFC North, you know, pounded out football game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and uh, but we got to rebound quickly. We can't sit around and and uh, you know lick our wounds. We got to go. Marvin said it. We gotta go, and that's where I'll start. Look, if you gotta go, and they're going to Kansas City next week, the last thing you can do is be banged up. You hope Sean Williams can recover from the concussion. You hope Jesse Bates and Vontez Perfect and everyone that went out but came back in can go next week. Um, and then as far as the cornerback position, you, you really worry about Darquez Denard. You really worry at linebacker, a position that was weak already without Nick Vigil. Nick Vigil has been consistent. Has he been beat? Sure. But he's been consistent. He's tackled for the most part okay outside of the Carolina game. They cannot afford to lose Nick Vigil in what appeared to be a very serious injury. If that's the case, uh, I wonder what's next for the Bengals linebacker position. Looking ahead. You hope that John Ross can go next week. You hope that you can get him out there because this offense needs him. Those laws, those ebbs and flows. Where, I mean, think about it. Outside of their second possession in the, the first half, it was, it was a lot of lulls. It was a lot of, uh, we'll get 10, 15, 20 yards, punt, 10, 15, 20 yards, punt. Now, when they got into that two-minute drill before the end of the first half, boom, 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 all of a sudden they score. Had good field position, obviously, with Erickson, who had a hell of a game today, by the way. Alex Erickson on special teams drew a big flag, too, on the final drive. But that, to me, is crucial. Getting Ross back, getting as healthy as possible, because they are very banged up. Say what you want about the Bengals, and they're going to be in first place today. Uh, last I saw, Baltimore was winning. Even if Baltimore moves to 4-2, and two, they'll be in first place uh, with the tiebreaker. But I just... To me, if you're going to have a chance in Cincinnati prime or in uh, Arrowhead in Kansas City prime time next week, you're going to have to be relatively healthy. So we will have all your health updates later this week on the Locked On Bengals podcast. I've written a ton at LockedOnBengals.com, writing more tonight after I post this podcast and get home and get to see my dog and maybe have a little dinner. I'm going to write more about the Bengals. So you could check it out there at LockedOnBengals.com. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Subscribe. We'll be back at it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day because it's a daily Bengals podcast. You can get your daily Bengals fix right here, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and every podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. You can follow on Twitter at James Rapine at LockedOnBengals. And for now, signing off. Back at it tomorrow with the podcast. Back at it later tonight with writing at LockedOnBengals.com. I'm James Erpine. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? 
Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.